Hi, and welcome to the Country Hope Church podcast. We're based in regional Queensland with locations in Chinchilla, Gainda, Jandawi, and Meandara. We hope you enjoy this episode and we invite you to join us for a Sunday service. For full details, head to our website, www.countryhope.church. Advice from a wise old man, lessons from a wise old man. That's what we've been preaching the last few weeks. And that's what the letter of 1 Peter is in the New Testament. We've been looking at the letter of 1 Peter. The guy that wrote it, Peter, he lived the most amazing adventure you could ever imagine. He was right there with Jesus through all of Jesus' stuff. So he was right there uh, when Jesus did all his miracles, all his sermons. He, He was one of Jesus' three closest mates. Jesus had three close mates. One of them was Peter. Imagine being one of the best mates of God himself come to earth. That's what Peter did. His life was completely transformed one day when he was fishing. He was a fisherman by trade. And Jesus came and said, drop your nets and follow me for the rest of your life. And so he did. His his life was completely transformed. And he saw the miracles of Jesus. Like I, I said, he participated in some. Peter actually walked on water at one stage. Amazing. He was there handing out food to several thousand people, five loaves and two fishes, that miracle. He was there handing out the food. He, he heard Jesus teach. He was there when Jesus teached the Sermon on the Mount and the parables. He watched the way Jesus interact with people. He saw Jesus with great tenderness bless the children. He also saw Jesus with righteous anger build a, uh, create a whip and drive people out of the temple, religious people. He was right there when Jesus looked at a woman caught in adultery, the Bible says, and he said go away, sin no more, I forgive you. So he saw Jesus at his very best. He saw Jesus crying in agony of spirit on the night that he was arrested. So Peter saw all this, he was there and he saw it all. Not only that, he was also a leader in the early church. Once Jesus died and resurrected, the very first church sermon ever preached was preached by Peter and 3,000 people believed in Jesus Christ as a result of his sermon. He was a leader in the early church and people were healed under his ministry. He had an amazing life. And as we read 1 Peter in the Bible, what we've got is 30 years later after Jesus' death. So Peter's about 60 now. When you're 60, you're officially old. So Peter is now officially old. And you were nearly there, Kenna, actually. I've got a while to go. So here he is now, the wise old man, about 60. And he's heard of churches in five areas in in Turkey, in Pontus and Galatia and Cappadocia and Asia and Bithynia, and they're facing trouble. These churches are facing hostility. Christians are in the minority in these regions, and and they're facing, it's not state-run persecution, but it's getting close. And so Christians are sacked for putting Instagram posts with Bible verses on it. And Facebook is against them and the media are against them. And and they're being told, why don't you just fit in with society? Why do you have to be different? And so persecution is on the increase. And these Christians in the churches are wondering, how can we thrive when we are being persecuted? And Peter, as an old man now, he's the one that experienced Jesus. And so he writes to them, telling them how to be a Jesus follower in the midst of persecution, and he wrote this letter to help them thrive. 
And we've been looking at this letter the past few weeks. He, he reminded them of the pure gospel that we believe. He instructed them on how to behave. And now he's thinking, how do I encourage these churches? And I can imagine him as an older man leaning back in his chair and the scribe who's writing the letter for him is waiting for Peter to say what he wants next in the letter. And I can imagine him closing his eyes and thinking, what do I say to the churches? And I can imagine him remembering an encounter he had with Jesus 30 years before. And you can read this in Matthew 16. When Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter, in a moment of inspiration, said, you are the Messiah, you are the Son of God. And Jesus said this to Peter, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. That was Peter's other name. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell will never overcome it. And I can remember, I can imagine Peter remembering 30 years before and that thing in his head. I, on this rock... I will build my church. And now he knows what he wants to write to the three churches. And so he begins to speak and the scribe begins to write. And this is what he says. He says to these churches in 1 Peter 2, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also are like living stones being built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. But you, as a church, you are a chosen people, you are royal priests, you are a holy nation, a people of God's own possession. You were chosen to tell about the wonderful acts of God who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. At one time, you were not the people, but now you are God's people. In the past, you have never received mercy, but now you have received God's mercy. As you come to him, the living stone. See what he does there? He remembers 30 years before where Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church. And then he says to them, you are the living stones that are being built into a church. And the very forces of hell, even though they come against you, will not even dent you because you are his church. And he will build his church. Fast forward to Queensland in the 21st century, where Christians are increasingly in the minority. We had a census recently where we've been told over and over again that less than, less than 50% of Australians are, are Christians now, where the media is increasingly hostile to the Christian faith. The last four or five weeks, I've been taking notice of the media. Do you know, every single week, the ABC has had an anti-Christian article every single... This week it was about Hillsong again, about some things going on in Hillsong and let's cast them in a negative light, where people are saying to us, why do you have to be different? Why can't you just behave like everyone else? Why do you have to be different? Why can't you be inclusive and diverse like us? You're always different. And we're told that we are behind the times. What does Peter write to us? He writes to us that as a church, he is the rock on which we are built. He is the living stone. And we are being built into a spiritual house. Can you change it, Lockie? Like this, a spiritual house. I took those photos. 
That's Lincoln Cathedral in, in England. An amazing cathedral, an amazing, huge building, stone upon stone. And what Peter says to us is, you are being built into a house like that, into a house as living stones. I can't overestimate, I can't overstate what this meant to the original readers who were first hearing this message when the, when the letter was read out because they felt like they were under siege. They felt like uh, everything was going against them. But he said, don't worry about it. Don't fear because I am building you into a mighty building brick by brick. And Christ himself is with you and nothing, not even hell, can destroy you. An interesting thing that Peter says about the church, he says, the cornerstone, the most important part of the structure, was rejected by men, he writes in his letter. The first stone built in a church. For Lincoln Cathedral, it was back in the 1100s. It was built, put there. The cornerstone was the first stone. And then every other stone in that whole building had its origins in that stone. It was the one that determined the lines of the building. And it determined how everything would be constructed. It was the reference point. And everything found, finds its definition in the cornerstone of that building. And if you go to Lincoln Cathedral, you can actually go to the cornerstone. And there's a little plaque there saying, this is the cornerstone of this building. Christ is our cornerstone. And remember, Peter's writing into a church that's increasingly under pressure, and he says, Jesus is our cornerstone. We find our definition in him. We are built on his stability. No matter what comes our way, he was rejected by men, but he's precious to God. So don't worry about what people say. Don't worry about what the media says. Just remember that he is our cornerstone. He was rejected by men, but he is precious to God. Twice in this passage, Peter talks about us as the church being God's special possession. We are God's special possession. We are his people. And that's what we need to focus on as a church. It's so easy to focus on we are rejected by society. We are under pressure. And it's so easy to, to think, oh boy, it's tough now being a Christian and the media is against us and the government is against us and there's a huge worldwide conspiracy against us and I've been reading stuff on Facebook that's really scary and now it's put fear into my heart and we can so focus on the negative that we forget to poke, focus on the positive that here's our cornerstone. And he was rejected, but it doesn't matter because now we are God's special possession. Do you think God will let us fail? Do you think God will let us be attacked and destroyed when we are his special possession? Us as a church, don't focus on the negative. Let's focus on the positive. Jesus Christ, who was rejected, but is alive and reigning, he's our cornerstone. He's the one that is our rock and we are built on him. And I don't care what Facebook says or the media says or even if hell comes against us. Jesus said, I will build my church and nothing will come against us. And in our country where persecution is on the rise, I don't care because I am built on the rock. And he said, I will build my church. The only thing that will slow us down is fear or complacency. That's the only thing that slows us down as a church. If we're fearful of what might happen, if we're complacent, but if we focus on the fact that Jesus Christ is our cornerstone and we are God's special possession, fear and complacency never have a place. The second thing about this church, 
We are being built as living stones into a building that is strong. I can't emphasise this enough that when we're talking about the church, we're not talking about individuals. It's so often easy in the 21st century, we're all about individuality. But when Peter wrote this, we're talking about a community of believers being built together. And he wrote this letter to the churches in Pontus and Galatia and Cappadocia and Asia and Bithynia. He didn't write it to Christians in those areas. He wrote it to the church in that area, that we are stones being built together. And he says, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house that is strong. The church is all about us being together, focused together, built together as a community. The church is never about individuals who come on Sunday. We are a community of believers together. The idea that a Christian is an individual, Peter would never have even thought of that. That would have been something that would have been foreign to him. He'd be amazed to think that that could even happen. He could never imagine someone saying, I don't go to church because I don't believe in organised church. That would have been totally crazy to him. He would have said, I'd rather organise church than disorganised church. I'd rather be in a community of believers. Christians always find strength and expression when we're being built together in a church, in a local community of believers. Now, the problem with that is it won't be perfect. I look at our church. Our church is far from perfect. It's pastored by me and Carly for a start. Now, Carly is close to perfection. Me, I'm a long way from it. So our church is never going to be perfect because we're pastoring it. And it's attended by you. You are way less than perfect. And if you're in our church, our church will never be perfect because you're in it. We're not looking for the perfect church. What we're looking for is a community of believers that love each other and love God and are being built together. And we have Jesus as our cornerstone. And we're a group of imperfect people doing our best to be his church. And we're being built together strong. And sometimes I get annoyed at people. Sometimes people, they get on my goat. Sometimes I make huge mistakes and I get on your goat. But I'm imperfect. Don't laugh, Bill. (laughs) I'm, I'm imperfect. But together, we as a church can be strong as we bring our strength to each other. And the very forces of hell won't stand against us when we are together as a church. I will build my church. We as a church here in Queensland in the 21st century, we are a church that is being built together and the very forces of hell won't stand against us. I will build my church. As Peter read this, as he, sorry, as he scribed this, as the scribe wrote it, I wonder what he was like as he dictated this to the the scribe. I wonder what his mood was I wonder if he started to talk about the church and what we are and Christ is our cornerstone. I wonder if he, as an old man, jumped out of his chair punching the air saying, this is who we are with Christ as our cornerstone. I wonder if he yelled out, you're under persecution, but God said he would build his church. And I wonder if the scribe wrote that and Peter said, don't write that. That's just for me. I'm getting excited about this because this is who we are as a church. I wonder if the scribe was sitting there in awe as he watched the old man Peter getting so excited about who we are as a church. And the people in those provinces, when they read this letter, they gathered together on a Sunday morning like this. A scribe came up and said, we have a letter from Peter the disciple. And they would have thought, this is going to be amazing. 
And then they started to read. And when they got to the bit about this is who you are as a church, I wonder how their hearts lifted when they realised we might be under persecution, but we are built together as a strong fortress and the gates of hell won't be able to stand against us because we are his church. How did they feel? They didn't just gloss over this letter. It became something significant to them. And in a world, in a country where we are increasingly under pressure, where we're in the minority, we've got to make this our focus, that we are being built into a mighty building with Christ as our cornerstone. I will build my church. Peter hasn't finished here, though. Because just to emphasise to Christians in churches back then what they are, he talks about the building and he talks about Christ as the cornerstone. And he talks about strength, and he, but he's not finished there. He goes on. Just to emphasise it, he begins a, a couple of quick punches that really show what he is and he pumps these out. He says, not only are you a strong building of living stones with Christ as your cornerstone, but you are a chosen people, royal priests, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. You were chosen to tell about the wonderful acts of God. He called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. At one time, you were not a people, but now you are God's people. In the past, you didn't receive mercy, but now you have received God's mercy. That's us as a church. We are a chosen people. When I think about that, he uses this phrase all through this letter about chosen people. God chose you. We didn't come to God and ask to be his children. He chose us. He's the one that chose us. He's the one that said, I will be your father. Come to me. I chose you. You didn't come to me begging saying, please be my father. And now we live in fear that he'll reject us one day. He is actually our father because he chose us. I have three kids by birth. I feel a bit sorry for them because they have no choice. I'm their father. They've got no choice. I'm their dad no matter what. I've got another daughter called Rachel who chose, I chose to be my daughter and she chooses to call me dad. And there's something special when you've got three by birth who have no choice and I love them dearly, but then you've got another one who is not yours by birth but you chose to be your child. There's just something special about that. Do you know that with God, we didn't run to him begging. He chose us and said, I want to be your father. And we can be safe in that. We are his chosen people. And he will build his church and nothing will bring us down. He says, you are royal priests. This is an amazing title for us. Because back in those days, the royal priest was the one who had direct access to the king. The king in the, in the throne room, no one could have access to him. Not even the king's wife in a lot of these areas around. Uh, they couldn't even go in without permission. But the royal priest was the one who had direct access to the king. He can go in because he's God's spokesman. He's the one that... And so he would go to the king, the king would converse to, with him and tell the, tell the priest what he thought and, the priest, and he would have special relationship with the king. And what Peter says here is, you are the royal priests of the king, which means we have direct access into the king's throne room to God himself. And we can come into his presence and we can discuss life and we can talk about issues and he can tell us what he's thinking and we have direct access to the king himself. What an amazing thing that I can come to God anytime I want. And I can say, God, here I am. This is what I think. What do you think? Speak to me. And I can do that as his chosen people. 
And we can do that as a church, as his royal priests. Peter says you're a holy nation. When you think of that, you might think of morally good, holy. What it actually means is something different. It means you are set apart to be something special to me. I've chosen you, this church, and to me you are so precious. You are different to everyone else. You are my people and you are special to me. And he will build our church and the forces of hell won't bring us down. Peter then finishes it off with this, you are God's own special possession. At one time you were not a people, but now you are God's people. In the past you didn't receive his mercy, but now you have. You are God's special possession. Let that sink in for a moment. Who are we as a church? We are his special, valuable possession. In his box in the cupboard where he keeps his special things that he looks at longingly. I've got some Bronco stuff from way back in 1998 when they first started. 1988, sorry. I look at that stuff and I think, wow, that's precious. Don't let Carly throw it out. God keeps us in his special precious box. And he looks at us every day and he says, you are my special possession. You are so dear to my heart that I will never let anything bring you down because you are my special possession. What an amazing thing. And these people were wondering, how can we thrive in this world when we're being persecuted? And Peter reminds them, thrive? You're going to thrive like crazy. You're not going to just survive hanging on. You're not going to be beaten down and destroyed. You are going to thrive because you are God's special possession. This is who we are. We have a special purpose as well. God not only says, I will build you and, and I will make you thrive. He also says, you were chosen to talk about the mighty acts that I've done. Keep going, Lockie, you missed one. This is our, us as God's special possession, that's us. Keep going, the next one. He not only says you will thrive, but you are the people that I've chosen to tell the world about my wonderful acts. When I think of this, it blows my mind. How could God get the message out to the world how great he is? This is what he does. He says, I'll leave it up to you. You, my church, you're going to be really good at this and I will entrust the salvation of the world to you. I trust you and love you so much that I'm leaving this to you. Now go out and tell the world how wonderful I am. Far from being people who will be destroyed, we're actually people God trusts to build his kingdom, to take the message out. <coughs> Excuse me. Fast forward to 2022 in country Queensland in a nation where increasingly there's hostility towards the Christian faith. Just read the ABC every week, you'll see it every week, something negative about the church, where we're regularly attacked in the media, where we can feel isolated, where conspiracy theories on Facebook can make us fearful. We've got to remember we are a safe fortress, living stones built into the church of Jesus Christ with him as our cornerstone. We are God's special possession. We are his loved people. We are his people that he treasures so much. And he has said about us, I will build my church and nothing, no illness, no persecution, no negativity, the forces of hell, no matter what happens, will come against my church. Do you know the interesting thing right now? is that the church is thriving most 
where it's most persecuted in the world. There's been a massive crackdown in China on the church and the church as a result is booming like never before. It's amazing that he will build his church no matter what we face. He will build his church and we are part of that church because Jesus said, I will build my church and nothing will come against it. And Peter is an old man. He sat back in his seat after scribing this. The scribe had got it all down. Peter read through it, said that is perfect for the church, where they're feeling in the minority, where they're feeling like everything's against us, when they're wondering, can we grow as a church? This is perfect. The scribe wrapped it up. One of Peter's good mates called Silas then took it to these areas and it was read and it became part of our Bible. And we read the words of a wise man that tells us who we are in Christ and we gain confidence in what he said, I will build my church. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to pray. Who are we? We are his church, his chosen people. I'm going to pray in a moment. I'm not sure what you're facing this week. You may be facing massive decisions. You may be facing ill health. You may be facing financial distraught. In your relationships, there might be big trouble and you're in the middle of it. You might be facing some really tough times, but you're part of his church. And as a church, he will build us. And as individuals within the church, we are living stones built together. And so I'm going to pray for our church and I'm going to pray for everyone in the church, that we would know who we are in Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, I want to thank you for this letter that Peter wrote as an old man. Looking back on the time when he was with Jesus, remembering what it was like and telling us what it's like to be a Jesus follower in an increasingly hostile world. And Lord, I pray that we would get into our spirits who we are as his church. We are not under siege. We are not in danger. We are not on the brink of falling over. We are his church. And the gates of hell will not even be able to touch us as we grow together as a living church, living stones put together. As we unite together in worship to him, as we support one another with Christ as our cornerstone, he will make us into a wonderful, strong cathedral. And I pray, Lord, we would take the, the message of Peter seriously, that it's our job then to take this message out into the world and tell people there is hope, that we live in an age where everything seems broken, but there is hope in the church and we can find healing and hope in this place. May we be effective in taking that message out, I pray. And I pray for people here who are going through a tough time as individuals they'll remember who we are. We are Christ's and our life is built on him and he will never let us down. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is your homework for the week. Your homework is to read through 1 Peter 2 again, which I just spoke from, 1 Peter 2. And just take note of who you are. Write it down. Chosen people, special possession. And just write down next to it, this is how it makes me feel to realise I'm this. 
it makes me feel confident, it fills me with hope. Just write it down and dwell on it until next week and see how it affects your mood. God bless. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Country Hope Church podcast and that this episode blessed you. If you've got any questions or prayer requests, please don't hesitate to contact us through our email, connect at countryhope.church. If you'd like to subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode, that would be fantastic. Otherwise, we hope to see you either online or in person at some point soon.